0: My name is Karen DeVries, and I'm a Senior Lecturer in Social Epidemiology here at the London
1: School. What's the situation that you were looking at and investigating?
0: We were working in Uganda um, and we were really looking at the situation of children, so focusing on child maltreatment and specifically physical violence against children. We have been uh, working in partnership with an NGO in Uganda for quite a while. Um, That NGO is called Raising Voices, and they do a lot of violence prevention work. They made a a program designed to prevent violence against children in schools, and they approached us to see if we would be interested in helping them to evaluate whether or not it was actually working. So in 2012, uh, we set about this study uh, to look at the effectiveness of their Good School Toolkit.
1: What's the scale of the problem with violence against children in schools in Uganda?
0: Uganda, like a number of other countries, actually doesn't have nationally representative data on the levels of violence. But what we were able to do is we did a, a quite a high-quality study in one district, the district where we are working currently. And there we found uh, that children in primary school, so aged about 11 to 14, um, experience of physical violence there was nearly universal. So more than 90% of children reported having been victimised by a school staff member.
1: That seems absolutely shocking. This is violence by adults in positions of responsibility against the children in their care.
0: Yes, yes, it is. Also, considering the Ugandan context, though, this form of violence, um, similar to other places, is actually fairly normative. So people have the idea that physical violence is necessary to discipline children to ensure positive child development and well-being, whereas we know uh, from research evidence from a lot of settings that actually the reverse is true.
1: When you go about trying to study an intervention or deliver an intervention, mm. how do you do that? What was the intervention and how did it work?
0: So our partners, Raising Voices, um, are highly skilled at um, developing and delivering these interventions um, that do a great job of, of actually um, motivating social change on the ground. The approach that they've taken in this study, um, which we found to be quite effective based on our research, um, was to really take kind of a whole school approach. So they're not just going in and working with, you know, one group of people, they're actually engaging with school administration and staff, Uh, they're engaging with students, and then also with parents and community members to really try and create change and impart some new ideas about positive discipline.
1: That's a pretty big cultural change. What sort of things were they trying to say, not like don't beat kids,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> or was it as simple as that? You know, that's an approach that they've found that has been quite unsuccessful, you know, going in and, and telling people what not to do. Uh, We know in terms of behaviour change actually doesn't really work. So they take a phased approach. Um, So what they're doing at the beginning is trying to introduce just some new ideas. And rather than going in and saying don't beat children, it's encouraging uh, people to think about how they actually want children to develop, getting them to reflect a little bit on their own power and their use of power. And then trying to sort of bring everyone around so that everyone's on the same page about what kind of outcomes for children that they want. Um, And then subsequent phases kind of involve them providing some tools uh, to help people achieve those goals that they've set.
1: Can you give me an example of some of the things that are involved in the toolkit? What would some of the, the adults, the children, the parents, the staff be experiencing or doing? The
0: toolkit is exactly that, a toolkit, and it has a a wide selection of different activities and materials, Um, and it's designed so that schools can kind of pick and choose what works for them to implement. But One example of an activity that that is in there is around the creation of a a student court. So in schools, uh, a, a number of students are actually invited to take some ownership over discipline um, by creating a a court committee that hears cases and tries cases and hands out punishments to the students that um, don't involve physical violence. Uh, So these are sort of, in practice, we find minor misdemeanors like a student has stolen a pen or something like that Um, so that's a case where ordinarily this might have resulted in um, some light corporal punishment from a school staff member in a good schools school um, that student might now be referred to the court um, and have their case tried by their fellow students
1: they delivered this intervention in Mm -hmm. uh, in Uganda how did you find out if it had worked how do you go about evaluating this and what did you find
0: Uh, So this intervention, because it's working with um, a number of different sort of uh, groups of people, uh, is quite a complex one to try and evaluate. So uh, what we did was to use the the most rigorous methodology available. Um, So we did a cluster randomized controlled trial. So that involved taking uh, a group of schools from one district and then randomly assigning them to either get the good school toolkit intervention or to be a control school and our control schools will be receiving the the toolkit intervention um, around about now, at the end of the trial. We've used this trial methodology and we've gone out and surveyed um, students themselves, Uh, we've talked to school staff members, Um, we've also talked to some caregivers of the students Um, and we've taken all that information and put it together and looked at patterns in, in people's reporting on the levels of violence.
1: And what did you find? Was it successful? Mm -hmm.
0: We found actually that it was highly successful and we were really quite excited by the result because in in public health terms you actually don't often see um, interventions that are this effective. So we actually had a very, very large reduction in violence. Um, So comparing those intervention schools with control schools... Uh, What we found was that um, at the end of the study, the control schools who didn't get any of the toolkit, 48.7% of children in those schools reported being beaten by a staff member in the past week. Whereas in the intervention schools that did get the toolkit, 31% of children reported being beaten by a staff member in the past week.
1: That's still a third of children experiencing violence. What next for this? Is there other plans to roll it out further or to try and reduce those levels even further?
0: Yeah, so that, I mean, you're exactly right. So although that is a very large reduction, and I think, you know, we can all be quite pleased with that and this program really is a promising strategy to try and reduce violence in these sorts of settings. It's quite clear that a lot of work still needs to be done Um, so we still have 30% of students reporting that past week violence. In the past term 60% of students are reporting violence so it's still going on. I think one of the things we're looking at doing is um, to explore the effects of this intervention if it is implemented over a slightly longer time period to see if we can reduce those levels of violence even
1: more. Is there a little bit of, well, I was beaten as a child, so it didn't do me any harm, so you know, why should we change?
0: Yes, we do hear that from time to time. And I think you know, it's true in a lot of places that a lot of people have experienced physical violence when they were children. What we've found in the Ugandan setting that that physical violence or corporal punishment of children uh, in schools it actually entails a range of things. so it's ranging from things like caning, which is quite common um, all the way up to really quite severe acts. So we had, In this district, um, 8% uh, of children actually reported being choked, stabbed, or burned or or severely beaten by a staff member. Corporal punishment and beating children actually can be quite severe and can entail a range of things. Uh, And we know now, um, you know, There's good research evidence that actually, on average, being exposed to physical violence as a child does lead to worse health outcomes later on in adulthood.
1: You mentioned that experiencing violence in childhood is linked to poorer health outcomes. What sort of things do you see and other plans to follow this in the long term to see if it does actually improve health outcomes for these kids?
0: Yes, so we know there's quite a a robust body of of research evidence, uh, mainly from high-income countries. Um, but that shows that early exposures to physical violence and also other forms of child maltreatment um, increase your risk of depression when you get a bit older. Um, They increase your risk of uh, attempting suicide or completing suicide, increased risk of alcohol use, um, risky sexual behaviour. So there's a whole host of, of adverse health outcomes that can result from child maltreatment. If you experience maltreatment as a child, you're actually more likely to then get into uh, an intimate relationship when you're older, where you experience violence or where you use violence against your partner. So there's this idea of cycles of violence. So another one of the things that we're hoping to be able to do is actually to follow some of these children um, as they grow older to see um, how exposure to something like this toolkit intervention, which has reduced violence, to see how that affects their behaviour as they get older in terms of violence.
1: We hear a lot about some of the health risks in Africa, diseases like malaria, Ebola's been absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily hear about these kind of things. And it certainly has shocked me to hear some of the statistics about the violence that these children experience. Do you think that the world should wake up and and know more about this? It's not a very nice thing to talk about, though.
0: No, definitely. And I think... When people uh, hear statistics on the levels of violence for the first time, often they find it quite shocking um, or they don't believe them. But I think it really is a case of, you know, as soon as we start actually collecting data on this and measuring it, we find out in any new setting that the the levels of violence are actually very, very high. It's an example of a public health problem that is widespread but is to some extent um, hidden and under-researched. So I think that we have a lot more work to do in this area.
1: Hearing you talk about the kind of violence that these children are experiencing, my first thought is, why is this not illegal? Why are the government and the regulatory authorities not doing something about this? This is terrible.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of legality, it's it's quite a complex issue. Um, And I think, you know, governments are sort of weighing up the balance of, um, you know, having something that is clearly a violation of child rights. And Uganda has signed up to the um, UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. Um, but having a population where that believes that this is uh, or violent punishment of children is necessary for their physical development, um, so it's a, a bit of a balancing act. In Uganda, corporal punishment in schools is not actually illegal, but it has been banned uh, since 1997 uh, by the Ministry of Education and Sports. So in theory there should be no corporal punishment being used in schools at all, yet we see that it's widespread. It's actually a good example of a a policy intervention uh, not being enough on its own to cause change.